Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse will be back the second, third, and fourth segment. So he's just going to step out for this first segment, but you're going to listen to him in a few in a few minutes. <clears throat> Today's topic, it's a tough topic to talk about. It's very sad for me to have to say and report to you that bishops, priests, and scholars are correcting Pope Francis's statement on Holy Communion. Yeah, that's hard to have to say. Why? Because the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. If you don't get the Eucharist right, what do you get right? We're going to get into that whole uh, topic on that. Also, <clears throat> I want to tell you a little bit about a judge in uh, Florida upholding Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis' decision to suspend prosecutor who won't enforce the abortion ban. This is a good news story. We'll talk more about that and much more. And also Cardinal Mueller, one of my favorite cardinals, he's going to join us in a clip regarding uh, morality. And he was the former prefect for the doctrine of the faith. And I mean, he's speaking out like a trooper. So I want you to hear that clip also. But before we get to all the good clips and the good interviews and chatting about the faith, Let's get to some soul food, which is the gospel for today's reading um, from the gospel according to Luke chapter 8, verse 16 to 18. It's short but powerful. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the crowd, No one who lights a lamp conceals it with a vessel or sets it under a bed. Rather, he places it on a lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not become visible, and nothing secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, on how you hear. To anyone who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he seems to have will be taken away. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting, was it 2005, many years ago, I started Lighthouse Catholic Media. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're in over 8,000 parishes around the world, especially in America. In about 14,000 parishes, we got 8,000 8, of them. And it's now part of the Augustine Institute. But I'm so happy that I had the honor and privilege of starting that with several other young men, Mark Menendorf and Dave Duran, were right at the early stages. It was all part of St. Joseph Communications. And this reading right here that we just read was the impetus for us to be called Lighthouse Catholic Media because we wanted to be the lighthouse. Christ is the light. So a lamp is placed on a lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. Well, you know, I don't know how many millions and millions of recordings have gone out since 2005, but I'm sure it's millions. I'm positive of that. And so souls are being touched, and we still do that here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio because most of those recordings, I still have recordings that I send to our monthly donors. And you can also get a bunch of them from catholicrc.org. So these recordings of Dr. Scott Hahn and Tim Staples and Jesse Romero and all the good Father Bill Casey, all the St. Joe products are all available for downloads now. But at the time when I started back in the late 70s, that was uh, 
Bishop Sheen's records, LPs from 1965, when I wrote to the Propagation of the Faith to get permission to put them on cassette tapes. From cassette tapes, it went to CDs, then to MPs, and now MP3s, and now just downloads. And so in 42 years, you can see what has happened with the media. But I'm sure there's 25, 30 million recordings that we've been blessed to be participating in that light. So I just say praise God for that. And as I always say, any good that we do comes from God, and we thank him for that. Let's go to Fulton Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. Is my voice going at age 65? I'm still going, folks. Here it is, Bishop Sheen. Ever since I started promoting him in the late 70s, I will not give up until five minutes after I'm dead. Here's what he has to say today. The lover of God never knows the words too much. Beautiful. Those who accuse others of loving God or religion too much really do not love God at all, nor do they know the meaning of love. Well, this is so appropriate, again, for our culture because you know what people say to us? Keep your religion on Sundays and keep it inside those four doors in the church. Don't be telling me something when you come out of church that you, you got your opinion, I got my opinion. No, we're at, we have a mandate to teach the faith to anyone who will listen. And this is why, you know, we find that uh, some people think that we should just keep it to ourselves. Uh, I remember Dietrich von Hildebrand, uh, Dietrich von Hofer, excuse me, a German who spent time in the concentration camp. He, may, he said something as a Protestant that I agree wholeheartedly. He said, <clears throat> cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance. Does that sound like today? Yeah. Baptism without a church, discipline. Communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without the discipleship of grace, without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living in the incarnate. Why do I bring that up? Because what Fulton Sheen just said about love, love, you know, it's the language of love is sacrifice. So when Fulton Sheen says the lover of God never knows the word too much, say that to my wife. Can I love her too much? No. Can I make sacrifices for her to say, I made many too, I'm too many sacrifices for you? No. But those who accuse us of loving God or religion too much really do not love God at all, nor do they know the meaning of love. The folks who kill unborn babies, do they know what love is? I don't think so. They know what selfishness is. Hey, I'm not going to uh, have a baby. I got to go out to the Southern California beaches with my bikini. No. It'll ruin my figure. No, you don't know love. You're hurting. You're wounded. And I want to heal you with the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what I tell people when they tell me crazy things. I say, no, no, you don't have your opinion and my opinion. <clears throat> we have God's teaching, his revelation. It's objective truth. And when we talk about love, it's sacrificial. And the world today says, this is their definition, Whatever makes me feel good is love. Well, that's not love. All right, I want to give you some good news story. As I mentioned before, at the beginning, a judge upholds Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' decision to suspend 
prosecutor who won't enforce the abortion ban. Basically, a federal judge has temporarily upheld Florida Governor DeSantis' decision to suspend a liberal prosecutor who refused to uphold the Florida's 15-week abortion ban. In other words, he didn't agree with it. So he took it to himself to say, I'm not going to implement it. Well, the, uh, the court says you can't do that. So DeSantis suspended the Soros-blacked state. Uh, so you notice who supported him? George Soros. State attorney Andrew Warner, pray for his conversion, for refusing to enforce the pro-life law he signed earlier this year. The pro-life governor signed the late-term abortion ban back in April, which could save as many as 5,000 babies from abortions every year. Can you imagine what the governor, Ron DeSantis, is going to have that on his plate when he has his exit interview? Those babies that were saved because he said, no, I'm not going to let it happen. The Constitution of Florida has vested veto power to the governor, not in state's attorneys. See, that's the point. That's a great point. DeSantis said last month after the suspension, we are not going to allow this uh, pathogen of ignoring the law get foothold in the state of California. He nipped it in the bud. You know, he's a Catholic man. I, I really respect him. Uh, we had a family here in, uh, come to our Sacred Heart Chapel Sunday from Florida. They moved from California, and they said, wow, the California is so, I'm so relieved to be in Florida. It's so much freer and that we can speak our mind, and there's so many more people who are willing to stand up for life. Well, I'll just say, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, I'm in California, but I wish you were our governor of California. Because the governor of California is just the opposite. He's advertising in other states to tell people, you want to kill your baby? California taxpayers will pay for it. Come on down. Well, God have mercy on our governor of California. And again, we pray for his conversion because both these guys are baptized Catholic. One is at a well-formed conscience and the other doesn't have any idea about morality because he's willing to spend other people's money on killing unborn babies, future citizens, not only in California, but throughout the world. Folks, when we come back, Jesse will be here with me to talk about a very serious, very serious topic about Pope Francis and his latest document regarding the Holy Eucharist. And basically, priests, bishops, are wanting to correct the Holy Father on this this super important topic of Holy Communion to those who are not prepared spiritually to receive. They're in the objective state of mortal sin. It's not what the Bible says. It's not what the Church teaches. And Pope Francis, with all humility, will you stand to be corrected on this because you are the vigor of Christ and we need to hear what Christ teaches on these issues not what man teaches. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. God bless you. 
Jesse's actually going to be on, I think, late in this segment. He's at the doctor's, and I joked with him. I said, Jess, 20 years from now, whenever God calls you home, I can see you on the, in the hospital doing a show from the phone, laying in bed, and the fourth segment, God calls you home. And then I tell the people, well, Jess Romero just breathed his last breath. You know, but he, God love him. And it was all about preaching Christ. So I can see that happening again, you know, someday in the future with Jess and myself. I would see that. I hope I can do that. Well, today I wanted to ask Mr. Engineer, before Jesse comes on, I wanted to, uh, to talk about the um, letter of the Holy Father and how these uh, bishops and priests of scholars are correcting the Pope statement on Holy Communion. I'd like to ask Mr. Engineer first to play the Cardinal Mueller clip. And the reason is, is Cardinal Mueller talks about uh, Father James Martin and anything regarding Holy Communion, that the Pope can't change what the perennial teachings of the Catholic faith teach. It's what Justin and I have been saying. Cardinal Mueller says it. Card- uh, Joseph uh, Bishop Strickland says that. But I want you to hear, this was a John Henry Weston interview with the Cardinal talking about error and why we have to stand up for the truth. Can we play that clip, Mr. Engineer? Him as a Catholic theologian, bishop and cardinal, Roman cardinal, absolutely on the side of the Pope, but it's institution of papacy. But uh, that doesn't mean that I have to justify all what is happening because also in the, in the past, uh, some great theologians St. Augustine criticized some uh, actions of, and words of uh, the popes of their time. And other some cases, no, those my great predecessor as prefect of the Congregation of the Faith, without their name, uh, Cardinal Robert Bellamin, he criticized also uh, some um, oh. ideas of the pope um, and um, also Melchior Cano was an absolute great uh, Catholic uh, theologian. He said, uh, it's not the adulation of the Pope which makes uh, the papacy great in uh, the church, but it is absolutely clear and nobody can change the doctrine of our Catholic faith that uh, homosexual behavior is a grave sin but all forms of sexuality outside of the legitimate matrimony is a great sin, a mortal sin. And Father Martin cannot change it with all his uh, political actions and his uh, networking and and all uh, his propaganda he is making. What he is doing, that is a heresy absolutely a heresy. Nobody can justify it and he cannot um, excuse himself only with the doing of a pastoral work for these uh, persons with a sexual self-attraction. Nobody is more close to these people as Jesus Christ who gave his life for everybody. Um, but this was not a justification of the sin, but a justification of the sinners. And they gave us a grace to convert us. And nobody can say, I have a tendency uh, to the uh, poly, poly marriage or to, to do, I, I love not only one 
uh, woman, but I love five. That is not a justification uh, for this. Uh, this is admiration of the of the true sense of the matrimony, which is, is a love between uh, man and and woman, um, and therefore there is no chance. And they can do what they want, but what is wrong is wrong, and what is right is right. And they cannot make us quiet and with all their propaganda machine, with their defamations, they are making against us. I, I heard this is Father Martin, also that of the Cardinal Müller, because I am not in his line, but what he is doing is absolutely wrong and is misleading the people and he is bringing in danger the um, salvation of the people with his wrong ideas and his wrong uh, actions and we cannot introduce the wrong ideas and this misleading of, of the people only according uh, to the to this ideology of LGBT uh, propaganda and the other thing, we are the Catholic Church and Jesus Christ, the head of the church, is a good shepherd of everybody. And I think this ideology is only abusing these people with their uh, personal uh, stories they have um, and it's better to show the sinner the good way of conversion. Not only ecological conversion is not needed, but a moral conversion is needed of every body. And also I cannot understand why Cardinal Sen uh, was not worthy to receive an audience because he is a great testimony uh, of the Catholic faith and especially in Hong Kong, where he is uh, fighting for the basic human rights and we cannot uh, sacrifice him only for some agreements with, a, uh, with this dictatorial uh, regime in China. And we cannot say China, 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 that is a country of the Chinese people, and everybody of them is created according to the image of God. Wow, it's so reassuring to hear a cardinal speak like that. I love when he says, uh, you know, uh, we have to call it for what it is. It's heresy, okay, what Father Martin was doing. I also like the idea that he talks about black and white Catholicism, right and wrong, simple. And this is what we have the Terry and Jesse show all talk about. We're... Where we don't see it right versus left, we see it right versus wrong. And I like the way he quotes St. Augustine and other saints, St. Robert Bellarmine. And as I said on an interview with um, Bishop Joseph Strickland, that the Pope Francis says, hey, if you don't agree with me, tell me why. And I, that was to the bishops of Italia at Italy back in, in 18. And so we just have to speak with charity. Because remember, the Pope is not the superior of Christ. He's the vigor of Christ. So as Cardinal uh, Mueller said, 
He doesn't have any authority to change the perennial teachings of the church. And I want people to hear that because what's happened now with this document where the Holy Father has basically uh, seems to have opened the door to Holy Communion for pro-abortion politicians such as Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, President Biden and other high-profile Catholics. This is opening the door to error. And I just want to say that uh, a former pope, a saint, said this, St. Pope Felix III, and this is why I th if I was with Pope Francis, I would quote Pope P Felix III to him and say, back in, what, the 5th century, not to oppose error is to approve it. <clears throat> not to defend truth is to suppress it. And indeed, to neglect to confound evil men when you can do it is no less a sin than to encourage them. Well, uh, I asked the Holy Father, with all due respect, uh, you are not giving us a world biblical view on the Eucharist, because we're going to show you from the letter from the bishops and a long list of lay people. I would sign that list, I, uh, that list of, of people, so would Jesse. But the four bishops and several priests and numerous Catholic theologians have signed the statement, and it's rebuking the Holy Father. Now, I think we're doing them a favor. Some people would say, well, that's just too hard. Come on, you can't do that. Who do you? You're not in management. You're in sales. Yeah, that's true. But the Pope has asked us, if you disagree, tell us. And we're going to give you a biblical worldview from this letter that says, Holy Father, your document that inviting everyone to the wedding of the Lamb, you know, Revelation 19.19, to admit it to this feast and all that is required. Now, pay attention to this wedding garment of faith, he says, comes from hearing the word of God. No, you have to respond to the word of God. The Pope wrote these words on June 29th in an apostolic letter on the liturgy. But for the signatures of his new statement, so we'll have the LifeSite News has the whole statement, he omitted something very essential, folks, the topic of repentance for sin, for the worthy reception of the Eucharist. Remember, we said this before, you can't have forgiveness without repentance. You know, it's cheap grace. And to tell somebody that they can receive Holy Communion just by, you know, you know your faith, that's not Catholic teaching. Therefore, the papal words about the garment of faith as the only requirement for the reception of Holy Communion I'm sorry, Holy Father. It contradicts the faith of the Catholic Church. Therefore, I don't agree with you. And I have to rebuke you as a layman to say, go back to the apostolic teachings of the Church because I want to see you confirm me in my faith, not water down the faith. Because the Catholic Church has always taught that in order to receive Holy, Holy Eucharist worthily without sin, the Church has always taught, Holy Father, Catholics must receive sacramental absolution. If possible, for any mortal sins they may have committed and obey all other laws of the Church concerning the reception of the Eucharist, as, for example, the laws concerning fasting and prior to, the, prior to reception of the Holy Eucharist. And I say this with heartness in my heart, and I'm like, wow, because if sacramental confession is not possible, but the reception of the communion is urgent, such for as a priest celebrating Mass, the sacrament of penance has to be sought as soon as possible afterwards, 
and the penitent must have perfect contrition for his mortal sins by exclusively quoting the Council of Trent documents. The signatures of this, Bishop Joseph Strickland, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, Cardinal um, Mueller, and others, they, they make it clear that such teachings as presented in Pope Francis' document has already been condemned as heresy. Now, that's hard to have to say that to the Pope, isn't it, folks? Don't turn the dial. I'm saying this out of love. They claim they write, the faith is the only requirement for worthy reception of the Holy Eucharist. That was condemned at the Council of Trent. So you see, we have to have it consistent, Holy Father, as you know. And I want to read some of the statements from Bishop Strickland, Bishop Athanasius Snyder. You notice they're both people who participate with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Yeah, birds of the feather flock together. And we're proud, very proud, to be associated with those two prelates here at Virgin Most Powerful. We come back, we'll talk more about this issue here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. I believe we've got my brother Jesse driving back from the doctor's office. Jess, are you there, brother? I am here, Terry, <laughs> reporting for duty. I love it, Jess. Jess, we're talking, as you know, about yep. the bishops, priests, and scholars correcting Pope Francis' statement on Holy Communion. We played a little bit of Cardinal Mueller saying that, you know, the Pope is not, he's the vigor of Christ, not the superior of Christ. He can't change any of this. I want to have you jump into this article, please. Terry, also, let's not forget that yes. the Church teaches, in fact, this, this is one of the teachings of the Second Vatican Council, mm -hmm. is that is that uh, the bishops are under the Word of God. They, they're Amen. They serve the Word of God. Absolutely. They're clear. not above the Word of God. And one of, the, one of the classic ways that you see it, even liturgically, is notice what book is processed over the head of even a <laughs> bishop or a pope in procession. The gospel. It's the book of the gospels. Of course. The book of the gospels. That's a symbolic procession of what's a theological reality. Excellent point. That the church affirmed. Yep. That. Were, that everybody, starting from the Pope and all the way down to the last lay, lay Catholic, were all under the Word of God. We're all servants of the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God is ultimately Christ. That's right. And, 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 and Terry, the most important teaching in Roman Catholicism, 2,000 years, this is the hill that most serious Catholics are willing to die on. It is the teaching of Christ based on John chapter six Amen. And, 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 and three of the four gospels, yep. the last supper, where we believe that Jesus Christ, the son of God makes himself present by the power of the Holy spirit through the words of the last supper at the hands of a priest. We call this the Holy Eucharist. St. Thomas Aquinas says, this is the sacrament of all sacraments. In fact, the catechism says that all the other six sacraments are ordered towards and draw their strength from the Holy Eucharist. That's right. This, say, say, uh, uh, our good friend, Father Brochel, used to say, Terry, yeah. 
that this is the sine qua non, the, the indispensable element of Catholicism. Well, Terry, Pope Francis's recent do- apostolic letter of June 29th, yes. when Nancy Pelosi was actually visiting him on that day, right. he wrote a letter on the liturgy called Disseredio Disseredavi. And in this letter, he makes some statements, Terry, yep. that have been already condemned. That's right, by the these church. Are, these are Luther's errors, Terry. That's right, yeah, that's right. At the Reformation. Yep, And the, the fact. church has already dealt with these errors yep. at the Council of Trent. Yep. And it's good to see, Terry, that you're seeing bishops and prelates and theologians and scholars from all over the world and, 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 uh, and, and priests that have basically signed a letter saying this is wrong and this needs to be correct. I just signed it yesterday, uh, and and I, and I'm I'm just anybody. You should tell your wife. Your wife's got a master's degree. Yep. She should sign it as well. You should ask her to sign. You bet. It. Is that on LifeSite News, Jess? How do they how do they people yes, sign? You you you, you Good, it, on LifeSite News. Or yep. the, you, you click a link to sign. You have a big footprint in the Catholic world. You need to sign it sure. as well. Of course. Uh, and so and, and and why are we signing this, Terry? I'll tell you why. This would be the equivalent of having maybe, let's say, and I'm going to be respectful about it, but it says, let's say your father, your grandfather is senile. That's right. And he's, he sits in the corner on a wheelchair. Uh, maybe he's like, he's drooling uncontrollably. Yeah. He just says, he just pops off with bad, you know, F, F words throughout the day, bad words. Yeah. Uh, he flips on the television and looks for pornography. He's, he's not all there. His faculties aren't all there. Well, Terry, at that point, you as a son or a grandson, you would be morally obligated That's right. to correct your father or grandfather. Amen. Because maybe, maybe there's, he's not playing with a full deck of cards. Yep. I don't know what's in the mind of Pope Francis. Nope. He is our, our Pope. That's right. I'm just saying that this is a point in time where we have to stand up and engage in what the New Testament calls fraternal correction you got it what peter did to paul in galatians chapter 2 verse 11 we call that fraternal correction and right now is that time because his statements terry have crossed the line uh regarding the most important doctrine of the catholic church yes yeah, see the only thing i would say in a, a stronger language then is uh, there the pope francis's documents have been condemned not just because they're an error no as heresy and that's a strong word to use, but I think that's appropriate because what Pope Francis is agreeing with is Lutheranism on this, the part in Luther. And so we have to call it for what it is and say, with all due respect, Holy Father, this needs to be corrected because we're doing you a favor. Can you imagine what is going to happen, Jesse, when people think that, oh, well, anybody can receive the Holy Eucharist? How many people are going to be objectively in mortal sin and say, well, the Pope says all you got to do is have belief, you know, nothing about going to penance. Penance has nothing to do with it. So I don't need to repent. I can I can live with three or four women and go and still go to church and receive Holy Communion. This is the practical aspects. Penance and rep- or repentance is not mentioned in the document. Nothing. The criticism of it. Well, of course it is. You... Because it, it, it's, it's trying to give out God's grace without repentance, which is impossible. Exactly. Terry, I'm going to put on my, pol- I'm going to put on my, my, my police. There you go. Police thinking cap right Do now. Do it. So somebody would say, okay, just use your police analytical thinking yeah. skills. Why do you think, 
this letter was written at such a time right now, especially right before <laughs> important elections here in the United States in November. Here's what I think, Terry. All right. I'm uh, listening. My common sense police mind tells okay. me this. There are, remember, Joe Biden visited Pope Francis earlier on this year. Mm-hmm. And the Pope really likes him. You can tell. You can tell just by the photos that he takes of him. Yep. I mean, he's, he's so happy to be in his presence. And, and it's obvious that the Pope disliked intensely uh, previous Pope, po- previous president, president Donald Trump. Oh, yes. You the can pictures. see from the pictures. You oh, can yeah. See, yeah, he looks like uh, Pope Francis looked like he was sucking on lemon juice or yep. something. That's right. I mean, you, you could just see the contempt in his face. Okay. So Joe Biden, unelected Joe Biden, visited Pope Francis. Uh, I can just imagine some of the conversations that were taking place, but I know one of the conversations was, had to have been, some of your Orthodox, well, he didn't say Orthodox, he would have said, some of your conservative bishops in the U.S. are harassing me that I can't receive Holy Communion in their diocese and in their parishes and their diocese. You need to take care of this, and uh, don't worry, don't worry. There will be some uh, some a, a n- nice compensation. There will be, uh, I'll, I'll take care of you. Whatever that means, financial, political. Also, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, another rabid, uh, fake Catholic pro-abortion, yep. uh, you know, baby-killing advocate. He also, she also met with him, did these Masonic handshakes, had these long photo ops with him. I can imagine that she had the same conversations with him. Hey, by the way, uh, your cardinal, your archbishop over there in San Francisco, by the way, I was just with him this weekend, uh, your, your archbishop uh, had just uh, written me a letter, you know, several letters, and put, made it public that I can't receive Holy Communion in, uh, in the cathedral or in any parish there. Yep. You need to take care of this, and don't worry, we'll take care of you. And, and, and usually this means take care of the you know, political favors or, uh, or, or financial gifts. And so I have no doubt that it was these two conversations from these two very powerful Democrats that have visited him within the last six months that caused him to write this letter and, and, and to write this line that would give them cover. Because this is a line, Terry, that gives them cover now. Yeah. It says, quote, everyone, Pope Francis writes in his, in his apostolic letter, and this is what gives Nancy Pelosi in cover. It says, quote, everyone is invited to the supper of the wedding of the Lamb. Yeah. To be admitted to the feast, all that is required in the wedding gar- is the wedding garment of faith, which comes from the hearing of his word, quote, close quote. Notice he, mit- he omitted, Terry, the biblical the teaching. topic of repentance right. for sin right. for the worthy reception of Ugh. Holy Communion. Ugh. But this document was written, I have no doubt it was a quid pro quo. You write this for, for Joe and Nancy, for us, and we will do this for you. It's a quid pro quo at, at, at the highest levels, Terry. This is what you call the deep state and the deep church, as Archbishop Vigano has been telling us. Yeah. You see, they're, they're, they're connected at the hip, Terry. Yeah. And Jesse, we're going to get into what the letter says to the Holy Father from Bishop Snyder, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, um, and uh, so Bishop Joseph Strickland. They're the two bishops that we are actually have 
as part of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So we're going to get into that because think about earlier in the year, and in his pontificate of 2014, he, the Holy Father, promoted the idea of giving Holy Communion to unrepented remarried divorcees. Then he opened up the idea of Protestants following their own conscience when deciding to receive Holy Communion, all contrary to the perennial teachings of the Church. This is really what's really at stake here, the source and summit of the Christian life, the Holy Eucharist. And I'm just proud to be connected to people like Bishop Athanasius Snyder and Bishop Joseph Strickland, because those two bishops, I wish there were like hundreds of bishops signing on to this, but I know, Jesse, they're going to pay a dear price in this world for doing what they just did. Father Murray's in that, on their list. Father James Mart, or J- James Altman is there. Father John uh, Lavelle, Lavelle, he's on it. Many people are saying, look, you know what? It's time to speak up with the truth of the gospel, the perennial teachings of the church. So we're going to take some sections of the letter that they wrote to the Holy Father. And I think they did it with charity and clarity. But they also called the Pope out and saying, you know, again, you're not the superior of Christ. You're the vigor of Christ. You can't change, as Cardinal Mueller said, anything that the biblical teachings of the church teach from day one. This is part of the deposit of faith. And I know some people are telling bishops, get rid of the deposit of faith. I've heard that. You know what I tell them? We'll get rid of you because you're not. You made a promise when you were ordained as a bishop, dude. That's what I'd tell him right to his face. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back with more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. This is a tough show to have to do because... You know, we've, over the years, Jesse and I have tried to be uh, cordial and try to give Pope Benedict, Pope Francis a benefit of the doubt. But over the years, we've seen a pattern in his pontificate that has deviated from the perennial teachings of the church. And out of charity, we've tried to plead with him to answer the dubia, answer, you know, these questions about the faith because it's undermining the Catholic faith. And we do everything because of the salvation of souls. If souls are saved, everything is saved. And we heard Cardinal Mueller talk about St. Augustine, uh, you know, criticizing the Pope, St. Robert Bellarmine and others. This is not something we do because we're, you know, personally opposed to individualists. It's all about the salvation of souls. I've got Jesse Romero coming back from the doctor's office. Jess, what exactly are the, are the the scripture verses that really condemn individuals just receiving Holy Communion without worthily examining their conscience and um, receiving it in the state of mortal sin? Well, Terry, since I'm driving in the freeway, you're going to have okay, to— Okay, I'm going to give them to you right now. I, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I will do that. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jesse. I, I, I don't want to pull over and read it. No, no, no. I got it right here, brother. It's First Corinthians. Okay, I— you know me, I'm always asking you the questions. This is taken from, all right, you ready, folks? From the decree of the Council of Trent, October 11th. Are you ready? 1551. So this has been done for a long time. So it says, It is not becoming for anyone to approach any of the sacred functions except solemnity, certainty. More of holiness and divinity of the heavenly sacrament is understood by a Christian. The more diligently ought he to take 
he, lest he approach it, receive it without great reverence and holiness. This is the church's teaching, especially when we read from the apostle whose words are full of terror. He, listen to this, he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the body of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29. Therefore, the precept, let a man prove himself. Corinthians 1, 11, 28. So, must be recalled to mind by him who wishes to communicate. Now, ecclesial usage declares that this examination is necessary, that no one is conscious of mortal sin. This isn't Jess Romero or Terry Barber. This is the Council of Trent, and it's as valid as it was back then. However contrite he may seem to himself should approach the Holy Eucharist without previous sacramental confession. This, the Holy Synod has decreed, is always to be observed by all Christians, even by those priests of whom by their office it may be incumbent to celebrate, provided the resources of a confessor be not lacking to them. But if it is an urgent necessity, a priest should celebrate without previous confession and let him confess as soon as possible. That's taken right from the council. Now, number 11, Jesse, in the council of set says it all. If anyone says that faith alone, and this is contrary to what the Pope is teaching, Council of Trent, if anyone says that faith alone is sufficient preparation for receiving the sacrament of the Most Holy Eucharist, let him be an anathema. That means let him go to hell. That's what that says, Jess. And the last one, and I'll turn it back to you. This claim that contradicts Canon 915, 916 of the Latin Code of Canon Law, Canon 711, 712. This is the letter that they wrote to the Pope saying, look, all this is documented, Holy Father. You're leading us into error. Go ahead, Jess. Yeah, and a lot of these people that have written this are not only theologians respected, but are also canon lawyers. Yes, they know. Ter- Terry, that we can't. People seem to forget. What's that? There's so many Catholics that think that when the Pope speaks, yeah, oh, the Pope said something. It came from God, not necessarily. No, no that's Pope adults. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what does come from God. Dumb. Read your Bible. All those 73 books, yep. they were all inspired by the Holy Spirit. Every single syllable, yep. every single sentence, phrase, that came from God. God inspired those men to write that. But when a Pope speaks, it, it, when people say, oh, the Pope said this, it, it, it comes from God. No, it, not necessarily, right. unless he properly is explaining or defending or teaching the perennial teachings of the church. Amen. In this instance, in this apostolic letter, Terry, yep. this phrase, once again, this phrase, which would have made Martin Luther rejoice, <laughs> this phrase, everyone is invited to the supper of the wedding of the Lamb, that's, that's Mass, to be admitted to the feast. All that is required is the wedding garment of faith. Unbelievable. Which comes, which comes from hearing of the word. That's never been taught in the Catholic Church. That's right, brother. That's not a teaching of the Bible. That's not a teaching of sacred tradition. And so, again, this is why the hornet's nest was kicked. And this is why so many people are, uh, are signing this up. Uh, of know, course, sign up. The Holy Father. You, myself, I'm going to sign it. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. Yeah, because we need, we need to help him. See the error of his ways That's and right. get back to that get get back to that apostolic lane. 
he's supposed to stay in the lane of Peter. That's right. And and Terry, he's he's basically with this statement, he's jumped off the tracks. He's that's jumped right. off the lane. And that's why I would encourage Jesse, all of our listeners, to make sacrifices and prayers for the Pope, because. Like, I'll just give you my take, Jesse. When we, as a family, pray our rosary every night, when we pray our, our Father, our Hail Mary, our Glory Be, we pray for the Holy Father to confirm us in our faith. I don't pray for his intentions. And I'll tell you why. Because his intentions are not consistent with much of the Catholic faith. And so uh, here, I just say to all of us, let's pray for his uh, conversion. And I mean that. His conversion to see that... He's not, uh, as as Cardinal Mueller said, uh, above the gospel, Jesse. He's not. That's what Vatican II teaches, and that's why we can yeah. humbly say what we're saying. Jess, doesn't it? Did you ever think you'd be alive to have to do a show on uh, correcting uh, a pope? I I really didn't think so. No, Terry. I've spent my life I, uh, defending ever you. since I met you in nineteen eighty eight eighty nine. Yeah. I spent my life since I met you, yeah. and I became I became formed yes. through. These cassette tapes <laughs> called Life is Worth Living, Jeez. and I continued my formation to this very day. Yeah. I've spent my life defending the papacy, yes. Terry. Right, I've the institution. I still do. Debates. Yeah. I've even defended the, the papacy in debates. Catholic Protestant debates. Yeah, I remember, sure. Uh, I, on radio, on yep. television. Yep. And right now, my heart, Terry, is pierced. Of course it to is. To see that, 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 that what we're seeing right now. This is not, Terry, this is not part of the deposit of faith. This is not part of the perennial teachings of the church. And, Terry, I think that, number one, I think, again, there was, there was political reasons for, by Pelosi and Biden as to why he wrote this. I think that's part of it. Second reason I think he wrote this, Terry, he's made a lot of statements. Over the years. You could t- you could you could tell he really respects Martin Luther the heretic. Oh yeah, and he, he it, ever since he's been he's been Pope Terry, he put a statue in the Vatican of Stamp well, I forget exactly where mm-hmm. uh, of of, the, of 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 Martin Luther the heretic. He named one of the streets within the Vatican after Martin Luther. Yep. Uh, look at what he says in this in this one paragraph Pope Francis stated. And this is where his error stems from. Sure. He probably reads Lutheran theology. He thinks this, these guys got it right. We got it wrong. Look at what he said. I think that Martin Luther's intentions were not mistaken. He was a reformer. <laughs> Perhaps some of his, of his methods were not right. Although at, at that time, if you read Pastor's history, for example, Pastor was a German Lutheran who experienced a conversion when he studied the facts of that period. He yeah. became Catholic. We see that the church was enacted. Exact, was not exactly a model to emulate. There was corruption and worldliness in the church. There was attachment to money and power. That was the basis of his protest. Luther was also intelligent, and, and, he, and he went ahead justifying his reasons for it. Look at the sentence, last one. Nowadays, Lutherans and Catholics and all Protestants are in agreement on the doctrine of justification. On this very important point, Luther was not mistaken. Wow. Did you hear that? I, I'm I'm on the edge of my I'm like mistaken unbelievable on the doctrine of justification. Never thought I'd hear the vigor of Christ say something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's unbelievable, so, Jesse. So Terry, this man cuts his teeth on Martin Luther the heretic. Yeah. This man is influenced also by the promises of Almighty dollars from the Democrat Party through Biden and Pelosi. 
This is why he wrote that document. I'm sorry for being so blunt. No, and Jess, I want to reaffirm, I'm holding a crucifix in my hand for those who can see it. This is who we worship, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay? Amen. And we, we don't Amen. want to be too taken over by if the Pope said this or said that. We got to No, There's, it's very clear that the perennial teachings of the church, the, the Bible teachings, uh, biblical views are over and above what any Pope can teach. And even though he is the vigor of Christ, he's not the superior of Christ. So we have to pray for him, but also reassure all of our listeners, don't lose faith because Pope Francis is compromising. I'll just be honest with you, with the Catholic faith, because we pray for him, but it shouldn't affect you as a person. Know that you are deeply rooted in God's word and the perennial teachings of the church. You offer your prayers, make everything a sacrifice, and um, I pray for all those who are needing a prayer. And, a, and I would say the Holy Father is desperately in need of prayer so he can be illumined to the truths of the Catholic faith and not be compromised by dissenters like Martin Luther or even James Martin, who he's prom promoting. We need a conversion of heart for the Holy Father. And I know this sounds hard to have to say something that on Catholic radio, but Jesse... I love the Pope enough to tell him he's wrong because I want to see him get to heaven. Every soul I want to see get to heaven. And just because he's the vigor of Christ, there's no guarantee he can get to, that's no stamp to go to heaven. He has much responsibility more than anybody on the planet, Jess. It's, it's, it's the James 5.16 principle. Yep. Uh, when you see a sinner uh, and, and we are called to show the sinner the error of his way. That's right. And if we do so, right. we will save his soul, and we will save our soul yep. as well. Yep. That's exactly what we're doing. This That's is exactly eternal right. correction. Amen, brother. Matthew eighteen fifteen. Right. Tell your brother and confront him with the truth. And what do we always say today here on Terry and Jesse? We tell you, look, stay close to Jesus. Get the confession. Spend time before the Blessed Sacrament. Read your Bible. Pray your rosary. Or you're off the team. Why? Because we, cannot, we have to die holy, right? Or at least die trying to be holy and live in the presence of God. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? State of sanctifying grace. Don't Amen. live in a state of mortal sin. Amen. Pick up your, your extremist weapon, the rosary. Pray it every day. Amen. And don't forget, folks, Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Does the church need prayer? Absolutely. How about sacrifices? Absolutely. Everybody can join in. Your five-year-old son, grandson can join in. Make little sacrifices. Make everything a sacrifice for God so that the salvation of souls will be saved. Thanks again for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. May God richly bless you and your family.